Good morning. Good afternoon. Right. Good afternoon. Yes. Hi. Um, welcome to the Finance Lab. First of all, thank you all for being here. I know a lot of people have already left and lots of people have uh, envisions of leaving rather shortly as well. Um, but I think you guys are very lucky to have stayed on because you're here for the money people. These are the people that can help shows get made. Um, so we are going to do uh, have a little fun exercise today here. Uh, we have to my right, Anne Brogan. Anne Brogan is from Kindle Entertainment. She is the director. Uh, Anne will be playing Innocent Anne, a, an innocent producer who has very little experience in, in finding financing around the world. She is acting, yes. She's very experienced. So this is just a, a role play here. Um, to my left, Tim Patterson, who is the VP Director of Programming for Nickelodeon UK and Ireland. Um, Shoned Wynne-Roberts, next to Tim, who is a commissioning editor for Children's S4C. James Stephen Breton, executive producer, founder of Blink, Blink Industries. Uh, Allison Warner, VP, IP Sales, Acquisitions, and Co-Productions, Technicolor Digital Productions. Then we have, Hart, well, actually, I'm supposed to be sitting there because I'm Ed Galton and I am the MD and CCO of Cake Entertainment. <laughs> then you have Harvey Shackleton, Head of Finance uh, Services for Compact Media. Simon Flamenc, Executive Director, Bob & Co. Kirsty Bell, partner of Nyman, Lisbon & Paul and MD of Goldfinch. And then finally, all the way at the end, is Judith Chan, Executive Director, Media Banking Office of Coots & Co. So what we're going to do right now is Anne is going to come up here, Innocent Anne. She is going to p pitch her project called 13, after which we will go down the line very quickly. And all of the people representing different aspects of uh, the financial universe of financing a project will tell what they can do and what they can bring to the project. So Anne, oh, please. OK, my new role, I am um, a publisher. And I'm a very experienced publisher, but know very little about television production, but want to move into it. And I'm convinced that I have the perfect property that is poised to make me and my company millions. It's called 13, and it's based on a highly successful series of books. These books sell phenomenally well, both in the UK, the US and Europe, and they're poised to be a global success. So what's the story of 13? At the age of 13, girls and boys leave their families and begin a year of testing, during which they learn who they are and who they dare to be. It's dangerous, it's exciting, and it's life-changing. These kids spend 12 months in the wilderness with mentors who both encourage them and test them to their very limits. They encounter wild animals and mythical beasts. They face challenges that are both psychological and physical. They spend time alone and in friendship groups. So it's down to each individual to prove him or herself. In our book series, there are five characters who come to the fore, and each of them then become a hero in their own way. But it's very surprising and very different the ways in which they emerge as heroes. And that's one of the things that our audience has told us makes the book stand out for them. I want to pitch a six by 30 minute series. It'll be high octane, high action, really exciting. Think 
uh, something like Hunger Games meets Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So, you know, we're aiming really high. Um, the budget for each episode will be a quarter of a million, we estimate. So I'm now going to these guys to get their take on how much money they will put in. Thank you, Anne. Um, so we'll start with uh, the broadcasters. I think that Anne did uh, a great job there, on, and she's got a really cool project here. So let's start with Nickelodeon, with Tim. Um, you're interested in this project. What does that mean? Well, one, thanks, Innocent Anne. That was a, an extraordinarily wonderful uh, uh, pitch. So I'm very excited. And given the fact I only have about a couple of minutes to really talk about this, I wanted to share uh, with Anne and with everyone here what, when you're pitching, to me, what I'm thinking about, or some of the bits I'm thinking about, and that's what's behind me. Today, of course, is about budget, so I'm thinking about, okay, am I going to license this as give uh, um, um, a, a bit of my budget per show and have a license, which is a relatively small percentage, or am I going to go and commission and add uh, value in a different way, which is about adding a bigger slice of the budget? Today, Anne, I'd like to offer 20% um, of the total budget, but I would like also to have 50% back end on CP, on consumer products and distribution. So that's where I stand as a broadcaster. So again, think about what I'm thinking about up there, but in terms of budgetary terms, that's where my headspace is right now. So um, I think 20% is really exciting. I'm absolutely thrilled. That's one fifth of my budget already, but I'm beginning to think, if you have 50% of back end, but I've still got to get 80% of the budget from other sources, how's that going to work? Um, in, sim in simple terms, it is, uh, it is a starting point. So this is talking about, it's a starting point. Um, I know it has worked in the past, and it's just, from my point of view as being Nickelodeon, gives you the impetus and gives you the brand name to go out and then talk to other people about how a brand like Nickelodeon has sort of almost signed up to your idea. So it gives you momentum uh, to go out and talk and hopefully have finances uh, coming in in a faster way than maybe uh, you would have without Nickelodeon as a brand uh, signing up. Okay, so I think what I'll do is I'll go out and talk about the 20%, but I won't talk about the 50% back-end share just yet. Okay, Anne. Just... <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't, none of that was planned, by the way. <laughs> uh, Shana, do you want to uh, tell us what you can do? Yes. Um, I work for SVLC, and we're a Welsh-language broadcaster, so I would have to think how much of this work is coming to Wales, how would we adapt it for the Welsh audience, and does my audience actually want it and need it, or would they watch it on another channel in English? So the first thing to think about would be if there's a lot of live action, a lot of, uh, you know, we don't dub into Welsh, so you'd have to think about whether, uh, whether you know, you have lip sync or not. So assuming that we've sorted all of that out, I would be interested in this kind of adventure idea with very, very high production values. So for S4C, the first port of call would be me. And I have a PSB pot, so um, I have a commissioning pot. Once it's a commission from me, it could be a commission, co-production or uh, acquisition from me. And the, the numbers, you know, think of a number and probably not have it, we're probably kind of eight, one-eighth it, but, um, you know, we, we, do, we work for small budgets, but uh, 
Um, an okay from me means that you then have access to other budgets in Wales and in S4C. So the next budget you could be trying for is the S4C co-production fund. Uh, this is called SDML, probably the details are up there, and the contact. They can put in 200,000 into a project. It's a loan. Um, they look at the whole commercial, um, uh, the whole, the whole um, plan, you know, of, from from uh, the, the programs to to everything else, and then they also uh, they would want their, their money back once you start making the money. Um, we also have a digital fund, so if there are any digital projects, uh, any apps, any additional content, games, and so on, that is a fund that you could also um, uh, access. You could also think about if there are any education offshoots or any kind of offshoots that maybe the Welsh government would be interested in. So, for example, maybe there's something on... Um, on um, issues with kids, PSC uh, issues and so on, um, you know, bullying or cyberbullying type of thing. That's another kind of possibility. Then you're into the Welsh Government funds. A really interesting thing that's happened recently is that Pinewood Studios have, have uh, set up in Wales. They're now working with the Welsh Government and they're interested in uh, putting in uh, quite a lot of money. They can put in 50% if you shoot in Wales. Again, it means bringing the, the work into Wales and so on. It doesn't have to be in Welsh uh, for the Pinewood uh, side of things. Um, Screen Commission would be... Uh, the, the, the Wales Screen Commission would be your contact there. Um, the Welsh Government also have a digital development fund. We at S4C work quite closely with them. We look for projects that will work in Welsh. We're looking for um, software and you know games, things that can, that can help the games industry in Wales. So that's another possibility. And then, of course, for things like EU funding, we can help with letters of intent, um, you know, things like there are really big productions in Wales, Da Vinci's Demons, Doctor Who, Wizards and Aliens. They're all, they're all English language productions, but they have benefited from some of these funds. So um, the, you, you, for S4C funding, you'd need to be uh, making a Welsh language version, but the uh, Welsh government funds are applicable in English as well. So um, that's going to take me quite a long time to get my head around. Um, uh, it's you know it does sound like there's a lot of opportunities there, and and certainly we could shoot in Wales because that would offer the kind of landscape that would create the wilderness. So therefore, I, I think it's really interesting. But just in a, a really really top level way, supposing we accessed say the majority of the funds that are on offer in Wales together with your licence fee, could you give me a really rough idea of how much of the budget that would... I have absolutely no idea. No, I don't know. Because obviously mm. we, we work with, uh, Compact work with a number of clients to help apply for these um, funds. And what I would suggest, <coughs> and I'm probably jumping out of turn, but I would suggest we're looking at about seven and a half percent of the budget possibly up for grabs as a regional grant so um would that be seven and a half percent with the license fee or seven and a half percent of that's the various the grants excluding the license fee excluding yeah. the license fee so Seanette, what would percentage of the budget would the license fee be roughly it, it depends so if it if it would be if it could if it's just an acquisition it could be really really low <laughs> let, let, let's assume it's not an acquisition. Um, if it's not an acquisition, we'd have to think about the Welsh language version. So, for example, if you have to shoot back-to-back, -back, 
then um, sometimes people um, approach us and they 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 want to shoot in Wales. Um, they're doing something for another broadcaster. Would we like a Welsh language version? The Welsh language version that they're offering actually ends up being far far more expensive than I could afford for my original content anyway. So um, what we can do is that we can provide a first base, if you like, for people then to go on and access other funds. It's very difficult to say exactly how much because it's all by a case by case kind of scenario. Okay, yeah. so maybe if I put two percent, yeah, it's all more, a bit more than that. Three percent, say five percent. Five. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we move on, James? So, and one of the things that we should think, think about is maybe you're going to need a co-producer to work with on this because obviously you do live action, you need an animation. Since this is a mixed media project, um, we have James sitting over there. Maybe you want to talk to him and see what he can do to help you out. Yes, ab absolutely. So we, we, I imagine that the um, mythical creatures and possibly even the real-life creatures will require uh, animation to some extent, whether it's enhancing real creatures and making them animated and creating mythical creatures. So I would imagine that's quite a big proportion of the budget. I mean, obviously, we haven't got scripts yet, so it's been very difficult for you to guess. Let's, so let me just make a guess. Let's say 5% um, uh, of screen time is, no, let's say 10% of screen time is, um, uh, requires some kind of CGI element. So we're an animation studio, and the, um, the probably the most enticing reason for to co-produce with us is the the UK tax credits, which you'd be able to access. Um, plus, also we're particularly passionate about trying to keep as much production in in the UK as possible because it's such a it's such a burgeoning thing now with uh, with the UK tax credit, and we're such a creative place we've got some of the best we might not be the cheapest place in the world but we're certainly one of the best places in the world for this so we'd come on board um bringing all of our technical and talented people and um you'd be able to access the uk tax credit and also obviously it'd be nice for you because we'd all speak the same language and be in the same time zone and uh, be able to work together in in that way so that's probably the best the best thing that we can bring to the table so um, are you saying you'd bring the UK tax credit to the table and invest it? Yeah, that's, that's certainly a way of it, of it working, yeah. We, you can, the, the tax credit makes it a lot more affordable. So I'm trying to work out what that means in terms of my budget. If I spend, let's say, 20% of the budget on the CGI element, what, what kind of percentage to the budget will gaining the tax credit give me? Gosh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the expert in, on that. Uh, does anybody else know the answer to that? We'll, we'll, we'll do that later on then. Yeah, that's it. That's okay, all right. So, why so, so I suppose what I'm trying to get a sense of is what I, I completely understand creatively what partnering with your company would give this project. And you're based in Wales, aren't you? Are you based in Wales? No. No, we're based in London. London. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't it wouldn't work in terms of the the Welsh subsidies that Seanad was talking about. But what 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 financially would it give us? Because 
other than the tax break? Because I'm trying to build up my percentages here and end up with the programme fully funded. Well, we would invest in in the show in in terms of bringing our. We'd be it, it would it would all depend. Uh, it's difficult to say at the moment. Well, why, don't, why don't we move on and okay. we'll, let's talk to uh, Alison, who is wearing uh, her French hat today and speaking with a French accent. No. Uh, so you're, you're representing Technicolor France. Yes, so bonjour. Uh, I didn't realise that I was French until fairly shortly. So, uh, you don't have to be. I, I, and I'm not going to be. So Technicolor, uh, which is um, a global service company, also does some um, original productions as well. And uh, earlier on this year, acquired two French companies. One is We Do Productions, who make branded shows like Alvin and the Chipmunks and Me Cross Image on the feature film side. But so, as I said, I can don my beret and see what I can do to get Anne's show funded. Um, so first of all, you know, the fact that you've got a series of books that have sold in Europe, uh, and I would hope particularly in France, would make this of interest. Um, as we would need to actually go to the French broadcasters and have a chat with them about whether this would be a project of interest to them. So being French, um, there's a huge number of advantages that they actually have. Um, in the first instance, um, there is um, a CNC, which is a government-run fund. Um, uh, it's uh, the Centre for National Cinema, and it's been around for donkey's years since, I think, the late 40s. And this enables French produc production companies to actually seek funding. <coughs> but with all these fundings, there's, you know, the upside to it and the downside to it. So in order to comply, first of all, um, you need to make sure that your production um, checks a number of creative boxes and it's on a bar M point system. So out of 21 points, the French portion has to have 14. Now this is usually split out over script writing or directing or the various you know processes of, of uh, either of the production pipeline. So we would need to talk as to whether from a creative point of view there would be a fit and it would have to hit that number. Secondly, we'd have to then go to the French broadcasters, and some um, can work this system in the easiest possible way. I hate to say that Nickelodeon does not fit, um, but um, certainly the, uh, the public French broadcasters like TF1, France Television, M6, um, Gulli, and uh, Disney actually all qualify for this. Um, in addition to that, there are tax credits as well. So it all looks very, very attractive. And um, so provided the broadcasters want to take the show, provided the CNC are on board, then we can access uh, around about a third of your budget. Now, I kind of calculated this out with my international hat on, and, and I would encourage Anne to think possibly of making 26 half hours rather than six. Of course, that increases the budget. But on that basis, the CNC would put in round about a million euros. The French broadcasters would put in round 1.2 to 1.6 million euros. The tax credit would be about 800,000 euros. So it's a big chunk of change you can you know, qualify for. So 
A third of the budget. In terms of the rights, it's proportioned. France keep all the rights for your show, and then it's on a pro rata basis internationally. Um, what, what does that mean exactly, France keep all rights? It would mean that in France, the production company would take um, not only the broadcast rights, but any ancillary merchandising rights. I mean, we would work with you to make sure that we would look after your property in France, but it does mean that we would take all of those. Uh, but, but is that all rights in France only, or all rights everywhere? No, only in France. Okay. And when you say the production company, because I thought I was the production company. We are the co-producing company. So who would actually make it? Because I really want to make this show. Mm. <laughs> 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 familiar, familiar yes. feeling? <laughs> so you have a mixed media show, and you know our level of expertise is in animation. So uh, we would... One, one of our challenges with your spinning plates would be to actually work out um, how we would make that, the, the animation portion and the scripting portion work. So if we're bringing about a third of the financing, I would say you would lead the production, but you would know, have to know what you know, pieces of the production pipeline you would have to give up. And if scripting, for example, is very dear to your heart, and we're saying, you know, but we need to qualify, that it's always going to be a compromise. Okay, I, th I think I get a sense of that. But it, it would also mean we'd have to give up Nickelodeon's offer as well, or Nickel couldn't Nickelodeon get authorised on that, that? I mean, if Disney can manage it, why can't Nickelodeon get authorised? <laughs> so there are ways around this, um, and, and what we would possibly do is work with Nickelodeon in France to say, well, okay, we'll probably go to someone like M6 or TF1 and take the first window because they are free to air. And Nickelodeon, lovely people, great, but you may have to go for the second window in France in order to get the show made. And I think, Tim, you'd probably say that's a fair compromise. Um, as, a, as a rule, yes, if we're thinking about it in, in, in far more international terms, it has... Um, it has, has some weight. I also agree about the 26 uh, episodes bit. Uh, but as long as I held on to my rights in the UK, then of course conversations can be had around opting out or at least taking second windows in, in other territories. Okay. Thank you. Yes, I mean, something to think about in here. You have lots of options on the table here. You're going to have many more. And what will happen is, you know, you can talk to these, person, these people at first and then you can come back and sort of have more conversation with them to see if they can play along together and play nicely together. So that's something that you will have happen along the process. Um, you're probably going to need a distributor, so you're going to want to talk to us in this role. You don't have to, but we'll tell you what we can do. Um, so we can bring, uh, let's say, up to 15% of the financing acting as a minimum guarantee. Um, in return for that, we generally take a commission of around 30% uh, for a distribution fee, plus 5% in marketing costs. Um, and then if generally what we like to do is, as a, as a distributor, we also act um, on coming in early. So we would, we would come to you when your project's in an infancy stage, and because you're an inexperienced producer and you don't necessarily know all the broadcasters around the world, and you don't necessarily have a lot of legitimacy <coughs> attached to your name as Innocent Ann, um, what we do is we come in and we work alongside you. We help you shape the show. We give you sort of a, a, an international outlook on how the show can sell, uh, give it sort of an international viability. Um, and as such, we would ask to be 
um, an executive producer because we'll come in there and we will help you put the financing package together. We'll help you work with all these people down the line and we'll also help you bring pre-sales from around the world. Um, those are some of the things that we like to do. Um, what we will do is on the pre-sales that we bring to the table, we won't take a commission off that because that just means that you're further down the line of getting all the financing in place. So in return is we will forfeit our commission up front, but we will ask for some sort of equity, sweat equity position on the back end and take some sort of executive producer fee as well. Um, I think you need to explain to me what sweat equity is. Okay, so sweat equity is we will we would like to own a percentage of uh, the project uh, for all of the the actual work that we've done in helping you to bring the financing together. So we will go out there and we will um, go with you to broadcasters around the world and we will convince them to come on board your show. We will help bring legitimacy to that project because you will attach Cake's name to the project and producers, I mean broadcasters like Nickelodeon might trust the fact that you're working alongside us or we're working alongside you and as a result of that that's what we call sort of sweat equity. And, and so you, you're saying you would like to own a bit of the show, what, what's that really mean? What's it mean in percentage terms? Well, it, it really depends on, on how much a gap there is and how much we're, we're helping to, to fill. Um, it could be as much as we'll never ask to take a, um, a majority position in a project. We'll always be the minority in that. Um, so let's say for the sake of this situation, um, anything that's left after certain rights have, have or certain equity positions have, have been taken away, whatever is left over, and this is where it gets a little bit complicated, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but let's say we would split the remainder in a 60-40 split in favor of you for our work. Right, okay. Um, yeah, that's that's very complex, but yes. I, I think... So there's two ways to look at it. So we try and, where it gets complicated and we want to simplify things for you guys is we, we act in two different ways. One, we act as, um, you know, packagers, financiers, where we will help you pull the money together to get you into production. Once the production is done, we then will act, we'll put on our other hats as distributors and we will go out and market and sell the show when the show is finished and go out there and, and make sure that we mop up and do all the sales around the world. So that's where we wear our two hats, one as EP and one as, as, uh, as a distributor. So are you saying that there's a 15% MG on the table yep. and then there's an additional sum of money that you might put in on top of that? Well, what we would do is we would help refine that money. So if there's a gap, let's say, let's say we work together and there's, we have to find 80% of the finance. We will go out there and find as much as we can. And if there is a 15% gap, we will, get, we will gap that amount as an MG. But all the money beforehand that we have to go out and, go out and find, we will help do that as, you know, in terms of pre-sales and, and putting all the other packaging together. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So I think the gap, but am I right in thinking the gap funding that you're talking about is what you said was 15% yes. minimum guarantee at yes. the beginning? Okay. Yes. So, thank you. We should probably move on because we're, we're running short on time. So, uh, Harvey, if you can let us know what we're doing in terms of soft money. Yeah, okay. So, um, before you even consider the soft uh, finance option, you need to be a number of steps down the way, which it sounds like Innocent Town is, is, is a good, good way along the, the road, albeit in a, quite a complex mixture at the moment. Um, I noticed that the production is going to be either um, hopefully filmed in, in South Yorkshire or South Wales. 
So if we can demonstrate as part of the application to access soft finance that there's going to be localised spend which is going to have uh, an economic benefit for the regions uh, that spend will take place in, um, government funds could could invest up to you know 10% of let's say let's say the localised spend was a million pounds they potentially could put in 10% which would get you 100,000 pounds. Um, to get that you've got to be very clear on uh, how the uh, the project is being financially backed. So as I said you've got to be a number of steps al along the road. Um, you've got to show that it is it is you've got to demonstrate the spend so it has to be auditable at the end of the um, production. Um, also, you want to try and demonstrate that there's going to be a legacy, uh, so that the, the project could actually elevate the uh, the profile of the region, as well as you know potentially um, stimulating uh, companies and individuals in that particular um, area of the country. Um, so we'd we'd help put uh, the application together with a very sort of robust um, financial plan. And. Um that sounds great, having someone who helps put the application together. Do you take a fee for that? Uh, yes, yes, we do. Um, uh, the, the percentage can vary. It usually starts seven and a half percent, can go up to fifteen percent of the money of the money raised. Right. Okay. Thank you. Um, let's move on to Simon uh, talking about equity and in tax. Um, <coughs> I I think in a sense of innocent end, first of all, you need to sit down, um, have a very long sort of cold drink. And <laughs> Would gin tonic be? Gin tonic's better, yeah, <laughs> quite. Um, but we need to put all this on a piece of paper, and we need to start thinking about what's the right mix of the money that you've been presented with at the moment. And, you know, Tim started off by saying, you know, this is something he would like to be involved in. He'd like to put 20% up for it he'd equally like to keep 50% of the back end in, in the UK. You've got to weigh that up. There's a financial and an emotional piece to what you're doing here. And there's also a piece that says it's iterative. We're going to go around this table many times before you find the right mix. The tax credit side, because you're going to use both live action and CGI, will be a mixture of tax credit. And Various, let's take a very rough assumption, say 15% of the whole budget might be eligible so as the return money back. So I've got you to a level at the moment of just under 70% of your funding. So how do we close the other 30%? And Kirsty can talk about the, the IF piece and about the, the, the real tax piece. But you can look at that in terms of either private equity funding, private funding as we organise. We're looking at how to cover territories which are not pre-sold, so taking where Ed is at, but actually looking at saying, what are his estimates for the other major territories? In the film industry, there's a real heritage around gap financing against sales agents' estimates, so there's an approval level of that. But I think the real piece to this is, actually, you would be, you'd be meeting all of us probably half a dozen times before we actually reached a point which said, you've got a plan that will work. And all of us have got to work with you in different ways to make that happen. And so, let me just hand you over to Kirsty then. 
Yeah, I think Simon's point's very valid, innocent Anne, in that uh, basically you're going to be left with decisions to make, almost like in a dragon's den scenario, whereas what do you give of the back end of your project? What do you really believe that your project can deliver for the kind of finance that you might wish to um, take on board? So one of the types of finance that you can take on board is under the Enterprise Investment Scheme, which the government brought in many, many, many years ago. And that is to benefit individual investors, private investors, who may wish to come in for some of the gap, not the official gap, the last money in, but part of the pie. Now, for private equity investors, they might have several agendas. They might know you already and might have al already seen the books that you have been um, promoting and want to make into this children's series. So they might already know the matter on which you're trying to promote. Now, private investors buy with their eyes, and they also buy from a results point of view. So they want to know what's in it for them, so what kind of return that they might get for that investment that may go in. They know that they're going to get benefit from the government because if they're a UK taxpayer, they can receive up to 30% of whatever their investment they put in. So for a £100,000 investment, which they can do, they will get £30,000 back from the government if they are a UK taxpayer and have paid that level of tax over to the government. So when you're talking to people like that, or you can go through organisations such as ours to, to try and find these people, they'll want to know what's in it for them. And there's two good aspects of what came out through the previous discussions, and one is that the potential gaming aspect of the series that you're creating. So if you put all IP into your company and you look at that as a longevity, what we call in the finance world a long tail to that investment, so you're putting all kind of merchandising rights and IP rights into that company, then the fact that you've had to give away to Greedy Tim at the end 50% of your back end doesn't seem so bad for a private investor. He will take a lower level of um, back end because he knows there's going to be other revenue sources in there. So the first step that you need to do if you want to consider looking for these kind of people is you need to be investor ready. So you have to make sure that you've got something called an information memorandum put together, which actually describes and discloses the offer that you're wishing to give to these people. Secondly, the best way to go about this is to get something called advanced assurance from the revenue, HMRC. That takes about six to eight weeks, if you're lucky. It can be railroaded quicker, but it does take time. But that doesn't stop you talking to the people that you want to talk to in the meantime. That is basically the belt and braces, the legalities of all of EIS. Then you need to also make sure it's monitored for three years because your company has to qualify to be eligible for EIS investors for three whole years. So there's various compliance issues that you need to take on board just to make things more complicated than they already were from all these offers that are on the table. <laughs> However, with one caveat, enterprise investment scheme investors aren't common. They're not, they're not easy to find. But if you make your company as investor-ready and structured well, then, then you will be able to source those kinds of people. Just that, that all makes sense to me and sounds interesting, but I'm, I'm also just feeling really deluged by the amount of stuff I have to do and the, the amount of stuff that I've never done before. So would you hold my hand through this? Would How much of this work would you do if you believed in the property and um, would you take a fee for it? Um, 
one of the things that our firm did was we set up Goldfinch a year and a half ago, and that was to do exactly that, um, is to help the innocents of this world learn about what the industry <laughs> was. <to laughs> <laughs> um, and from us, I mean, historically, yes, that is what we do, because we're, we're effectively investing um, monies which are under our control. So essentially, it is in our interest to spend as long as possible with people to get it right. And what would your fees be? Um, it, it's essentially a fee on entry into an investment will be anything between 5 and 9% of, of, of the money. Of the money. And is that the same for That's you? same for us, yes, as well. And, and what makes it 5 or 9? Because that's quite a big difference, really, isn't it? Um, it Almost it, double. It, in a sense, it's twofold. One is quantum, because in reality, what, what we'd want to do is actually spend the time going up and down this table... So we make the amount of money you need to raise actually as small as possible. If we make it as small as possible, you're giving away the least amount of your company and you're retaining it. So it actually works in our interest to have a relationship with you that benefits you. So five or nine, it could be five on a larger sum and nine on a smaller sum. Okay. Thank you, guys. Um, finally, Judith. Um, Anne has all these options in front of her. Um, she might have money together to... Uh, to get this show produced, but she needs someone to help her out. What can you guys do at Coots? Hopefully lots. So if you put it all together and it's an annual, you've been fantastic getting your pre, you know, some pre-sales in place and partners, equity partners potentially, some tax breaks, um, all very good. So what do we do? Well, firstly, you know, you will need a bank account to house the production account. Um, I would recommend speaking to a bank as soon as possible to set that up, um, especially if you're accessing tax breaks, you need to have your um, funds incurred um, within that particular company, so you maximise the tax benefits there. Um, then it's it's you know helping helping you monetize some deals that you might have already in place. So for example, um, if you have the Nickelodeon deal, uh, you know they may not pay till delivery. So gosh, you don't you know you have to deliver the show. So what do you do in the meantime? You need funding. So what we do is we bridge that for you. So what we call discounting pre-sale contracts. Similarly with you know SWC, perhaps you might pay a portion up front but the balance on delivery, so we can monetize that for you. So we provide the cash flow for you. Um, so it's relatively simple in what we do. So providing cash flows there and the tax credits, again, similarly, which only pay up potentially at the end and mostly at the end. So again, providing you with cash flow in the interim. Um, what do we charge? We're so reasonable, um, <laughs> but in 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 uh, but truly in practice, also I think the banks would probably be in terms of costs would be at the very lower end, probably the lowest of all this. But that's you know it's reflecting what we do. We don't take as much risk as some of these good people do, um, so it reflects that risk. So single digits, to be honest, you know what banks tend to charge an arrangement fee, and and then there's an interest an interest cost to what you borrow, but it's subject to what you borrow. And and your arrangement fee is is that a bit like the arrangement fee when I have an overdraft, you know, like £10, £20? <laughs> Slightly more than that. <laughs> but it depends on how much you're borrowing. Um, but no, single digits. But the, the other thing also, because, you know, thankfully we're not greedy bankers um, and, and, and acknowledging that, you know, we're here to serve the producer, really, in that regard. So we don't take back ends because we, you know, reflects the risk we take. So because we know we're going to get repaid, we don't take that extra risk. We don't hold on to rights, although we do at the beginning if we're lending against it. But once we're repaid, all those rights are released, which you know you wouldn't have a problem with. But we don't we don't take any back ends, unless you'd like to give it to us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we don't insist. 
So thank you very much. So, uh, and it looks like you have a lot of options in front of you. Uh, as Simon said, you probably need to go back and talk to all of us about yeah. six or seven times. I think it's a good start, though, when you have a lot of people in front of you that, that can really provide lots of interesting solutions for you. Um, and I think we're going to wish you the best of luck. Uh, it, it, is a bit, it is a bit daunting, but I think that, you know, you seem, as innocent as you are, you seem pretty savvy, and I think you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, I'm very excited by all the options here, and you know, even doing a rough calculation in my head, I've got to, oh, you know, really high percentage of the budget. Maybe I've added something up wrong or double counted. That <laughs> often happens. Well, thank you, thank you for that. Um, thank you to the panel. You guys were great. <laughs>